0: Hello oh, and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast, he is Chris Marler, I am John O'Gara. Marler, we have debates down south, we have a Heisman Trophy to discuss from 1980. Ooh. It is SEC programs against one another, but if you recall, Rivals. South Carolina, independent at the time, not yet in the SEC, yep. George Rogers against Herschel Walker. Now, I'm I need the people to know the
1: initial response that I got from you when I texted you about this discussion. I was like, it's not a debate. This is stupid. (laughs) And I I stand by what I said. Not like that this is stupid. I I enjoy talking about it. But, yeah, this is, I mean, like, I've never, one of the first things I ever learned about SEC football growing up, and I feel like um, it's like one of the things my dad passed on to me to tell me about, like, the greatest running backs of all time. And this was surprising to me because as like a Bama fan, I just kind of assumed that he was going to skew most everything towards Bama. But I I knew from a very early age, Herschel and Bo were the best two running backs in the history of college football, not just the SEC, but in football. And I also learned like the, the second part of that was, and Herschel Walker deserved to win a Heisman his freshman year. And he was the best player in the country, hands down, but they gave it to somebody else that was older. And I was like, oh, okay. George Rogers from Dekula, Georgia, the same region as the Parkview Panthers, my alma mater. There you go.
0: I think that there are people who are going to look at this discussion and much like our Peyton Manning versus Charles Woodson thing, they're going to say, nope, not not even worth discussing. This isn't a thing. Let's let's get rid of this. I wrote an article on this a couple years ago, on, not on this specifically, but on Herschel for Goat Week. And that story that put a lot of time into, talked to a lot of different people, basically was about why should my generation recognize Herschel as the GOAT? Asking right. that more as a critical thing, just to be able to say, let's not just assume that everything our previous generation said is is automatically what we, something we should take by law. And I was legitimately yeah. trying to find the reasons, which I came to the conclusion, yes, by the that the way well. That that it was <laughs> that it was well received. Well, it wasn't saying like no, like he's not. And I was presenting somebody else saying that that person yeah. was. I wanted to to have the information available so that I was I was making an informed opinion and not just going off of what other people have said for this discussion today the tough thing that's going to be uh, that that we're going to struggle to deal with is not talking about all that other stuff with Herschel is trying to keep this as we've talked about whenever we do a Heisman discussion is not simply discussing stuff that happened after we know what yeah. happened even in the national championship where Herschel dislocates his shoulder in the second on the second play of the game and yeah. and leads Georgia to well it's not in the national championship game but to win the national championship in the Sugar Bowl against Notre Dame we can't even take that into context with this because, as we always do with this, we're simply looking at it. Why did they vote George Rogers as the Heisman Trophy winner over Herschel at the time when they
1: had it's, to make that decision? And it's an easy answer. Like th- this debate, it like as as much as we'll go into it, th- this debate is pretty clear cut as to why it all happened. It's because he was a freshman.
0: Part of it. Part of that yeah. is true. What people also tend to forget when they say something like that is, oh, well, actually George Rogers actually he had Herschel beaten for the five major offensive categories. He outrushed him that year. He outrushed uh-huh. him. The game that they played against each other obviously had a huge national audience and Herschel bested mm-hmm. him. His team bested him. George Rogers was no slouch that day, had 168 rushing yards as well, played against better defenses than Herschel did, if you even look back at that as well. Mm -hmm. people don't really take all of that into context. And when we've, we've talked about this before, if you're going to be the first one to do something, the goal is to be able to break through in a way that we haven't seen before. Now, unfortunately, in this context, before we have cable TV... That discussion means doing so in the box score and not doing yep. so just on TV because, as we know, the first national TV game that we saw from Herschel was this game in early November against South Carolina. So, I wanted to Is add it context. November? Yeah, it was in November. Isn't God, it looked
1: so hot that day, too. Looks looked really hot.
0: did not yeah. look cool
1: at all. No. Very bright and, sun. And it's weird, too, because you, you kind of associate that game being played in the uh, – what do you call it, Uh, in, like, the early part of the season. But, again, this is before they were even in the same conference, same division, any of that stuff. Um, This was, so I brought this up last year. I brought this up, or two years ago, when we first started talking about doing this debate of, not debate, I'm sorry, but, like, looking at old games and talking about, like, I, I told our editor, I was like, you know what we should do is, like, make a list of, like, all the old games that people should watch. And two at the top, this was at the top for me followed by Tennessee-Florida games from the 90s, like like literally any of them. But this game at the top specifically, because if you w- ever wanted to see Herschel Walker just be on display, this was the game to do it. And, and there's a specific run, and we'll obviously talk about all that, mm-hmm. um, there's a, sp- a specific run that happens where I, I, I thought that would be the Heisman moment. But back then, you didn't really necessarily need a Heisman moment to win the Heisman. True. True. So... I went back for research for this
0: uh, Friday afternoon, I watched that entire game over. I said, I watched the entire two hour YouTube clip and it's worth it. It absolutely is. And you you think about it in a different way and we're gonna dig into that more a little bit later. But I think if we are going to actually talk about this and try and strip any sort of biases that we have and just try and look at this as objectively as possible, Mm -hmm. that game provides the best sort of context. Mm -hmm. Okay. As many know, just running through some of the, the, the bare basic details here, Herschel was actually third in the Heisman voting that year. People might forget that. Pitt defensive lineman Hugh Green was second. Unbelievable career, was a senior at this point, had something like 17 sacks that year, was a force. Um, a rare instance in which Heisman finalists in the top three face off in the regular season, which, as we as we've said, Right. When you get to see that, it feels like it should have magnified it, but in mm-hmm. this case, it did not. We also hadn't seen a freshman come anywhere close to winning. Now They that, were
1: barely allowed to play.
0: 1972 was the first time that freshmen were allowed to play, and that was really done because teams wanted to take – some of the costs out of it because they were putting together these JV teams. They wanted to be able to cut back on equipment mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So they just said, you know what, just let them play as freshmen. They're probably not going to do anything, but whatever. The only other freshman who finished in the top three of the Heisman voting before Herschel, Clint Castleberry, Georgia Tech in 1942. How did that happen in 1942? They had depleted rosters because of World War II. Little right. event
1: in American history that seemed pretty important. You Seven- know the last time an SEC team has even played a JV game? Ooh, that's a good question.
0: Because oh, the, the draft would have impacted things in the 60s. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm going to say it had to be in the 50s. In 2002, I believe, or 2003, Alabama sent a JV team to Milledgeville, Georgia. This is before I was down there. And they played Georgia Military College to get them... Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, like where Jasper and Casper were from. Okay, all right. Yeah, keeping it all relative here, Georgia and South Carolina. Um, but yeah, so that, that's I just remember that being like very weird and awkward, and I was like, that's an odd way. Like it, I don't, I didn't know people do that. But yeah, this this is that's I think that's one of the biggest points that has to be made is that people forget, especially like our audience is a little bit younger, um, not just the fact that like a freshman hadn't won, but they were barely allowed to play. Barely, the Heisman was. We
0: say this all the time. It was such an upperclassman award. So much yeah. so that seven years earlier was the last time that a sophomore even finished in the top ten. And that was a guy by the name of Archie Griffin who went on to win a couple of Heismans himself. Well, um, which,
1: real quick, I want to bring this up too, is one thing that, that makes this uh, makes this so, I guess, interesting as well is the fact that the Archie Griffin thing, people forget, the SEC was, again, not even close to being the most dominant or, or, I mean, I would say probably maybe the third best conference at best, probably fourth, probably the fourth most notable conference in the SEC because you had the Pac-12, which had USC win several national championships in the 70s. You still had the Big 12, which had Nebraska and Big Oklahoma eight. that were dominant. Big 8, that's what I meant. Um, and then you also had, uh, what's the other two you had? You had uh, the Big 10. And so you had Michigan and um, and Ohio State. And, and people forget that during this time in, in, in the 70s, not only was the SEC not great top to bottom; it was very top-heavy. Only two teams won SEC championships that entire decade, and that was Georgia and Alabama. This is true. I think oh, Southwest Conference might have been it, not the Big Eight. That might have been, yeah. Double correct, way. double
0: correction. Yeah. That's double a good point, correction. and that that needs to be that needs to be brought up once with something like this. The age context, every you need to understand that just even sophomores at this point, much less a true freshman, were discussed yeah. in a totally different light in the previous twenty-two years. Only two sophomores had finished in the top 10 of the final Heisman voting. Doak Walker in 1947 was the last sophomore to finish in the top three. Herschel was working against some serious history just to even get into the top three. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the amazing. the amazing thing to look at. And we tend to look at this now and they are very very different players and herschel trumps this guy i'm not i don't want to get you fired up i don't want to get you yeah. fired up <laughs> herschel and ron Dane are not in the same universe they are don't not. even start with me they are not but if you look at ron Dane, when he was a freshman he had this 2,000 yard season as a freshman in 1996 didn't even finish in the top 10 of the heisman voting Yeah. Didn't finish in the top 10. And it was like this, (laughs) hey, we'll get you when you're a senior. He was better as a freshman than he was as a senior. They give the award to him as a senior. And many people felt that Herschel's career followed the same path. Obviously different sort of context. He only had three years to work with as opposed to
1: four. And again,
0: a much better player overall. They
1: treated, they treated the Heisman back then like, like you would like the valet or doorman. Like I'll get you on the way back, dude. I'll get you on the way back. Like, no, you're just not going to tip me. Are you, you're just not going to tip me. All right. Um, yeah, it is weird. It is weird. And oh, yeah, I, I, I cannot pretend to not be triggered by what you just said just because that's sheer name, but we'll move on.
0: <laughs> Before we get into everything else that goes into this discussion, Marlar, our friends yes. at Bet Online have given you multiple
1: checks for your poker winnings. Have
0: they given you any more in the last couple days?
1: They have not. Uh, but that's only because I haven't been playing as much. I've actually been trying to um, do some stuff around the house. But regardless, we now have some exciting news because ESPN announced today. Korean baseball is gonna be televised Boom. on ESPN. Pretty pumped. That's yet another thing you can bet on at betonline.ag. Get over there today, uh, go to BetOnline. They obviously we talk about them every week. Uh, they have sent me several checks, which has been fantastic. Um, I, I don't just I don't just say their good name out here just because they give me checks. Like, I mean I earn those checks. I think we'd all agree. You earn them. But go earn your own checks as well. Get on over to betonline.ag today. Sign up; it's the easiest deposit and withdrawal out of any place that I've ever ever used, which is saying something. So, um, yeah, new Sunday night tradition. You want to have a fun Sunday night? I know you had one yesterday for your birthday. Uh, I, I sit. We got this new chair. I just sit in the chair, play some poker, watch watch The Last Dance. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. You just got to get a new Stay chair there. first, as well. Yeah, you also you don't have to, you don't have to get a new chair, but you know I recommend it. I recommend, I recommend it. Everybody it. needs so. a chair.
0: What people said at the time, if we're going to discuss Herschel in any way, shape, or form, the legendary Larry Munson quote has to be at the forefront of that. The game against Tennessee in which (laughs) nobody on that Georgia team, uh, that Georgia coaching staff expected Herschel to do what he did despite the fact that he came in as the number one recruit in the country, had not impressed in practice though, was not one of those guys. And all of a sudden, he runs over Bill Bates. And the call... Bill no Bates is an all-SEC safety, Connor. Has talked about that play many a time, I think begrudgingly to a certain extent. Yeah. That's when you know you destroyed a dude when 40 years later, he is still known for getting run over by you. I mean, that
1: that is unreal. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, that... Like, and, and again, I remember... So this is... This is... Like, growing up in Georgia, I listened to Munson all the time. I told you before, like, we would... We would still ride around. Like We would avoid home on Saturdays if we were out and there was a Georgia game, especially if it was a close Georgia game, because you didn't want to miss what Munson was going to say. And, and this season in particular, we talk about that 2017 season being like a dream season. I understand that in 1980 they won the national championship, but like, think about how incredible the season and the moments they had as Georgia fans in that season. The Tennessee game is the first game of the year. No one expects him to play, and he hadn't really shown that much. Uh, even though he was like the number one overall player in the country coming out of high school, they said he hadn't really shown that much in fall practice. And they, they finally put him in. And, and I remember my dad showing me this tape. Um, and I actually, now that I think about it, I don't think I had actually seen the tape until I was in like high school. Because you you didn't have like YouTube back then. So it was hard to see, like, like I just remember like just him explaining it to me and, and hearing Munson's, <laughs> Munson's call and hearing replays of it, and him saying like, my God, a freshman. I mean, like, Bill Bates was an all-SEC safety. He ran right through him.
0: Yeah. He just ran right through him. People knew that Herschel had power at his size, 6'2", 220. It was there. The speed was what really took a little bit for people to realize. And it actually probably took until the A&M game for people to realize Mm -hmm. Just how fast he was. Because if you go back and look at his numbers in the Tennessee game and look at some of the carries that he had, that was the one that stood out. I think he had three yards. He averaged like three yards a carry that game. But Mm -hmm. whatever. Beside the point, the legend is born. And Herschel, as Al Michaels used to say, is the fastest big man to ever play the position. Ever. Ever. And at any level of football, he was already saying this about Herschel. Because what you got to remember, too, at this point, Defensive ends are 220 pounds. Herschel's 15 pounds bigger yeah. than his fullback.
1: Right. I, linemen. The linemen ah. were, like, 240, 250, like, some 260. You didn't have them anywhere close to being the same. But, like, it, it's it was – I said this about when Dez Bryant came out of, of Oklahoma State. And he was, like, one of the first, like, big, big receivers, I felt like, like, from college. Like we see, like, guys like Julio Jones now or – I'm trying to think even honestly, even Kelly Washington, we've talked about him on the pod before from Tennessee. Um, the guys that are like the six four two twenty. That wasn't a thing. And I remember, I remember thinking like, imagine like Des Bryant traveling back in time and playing football as like a wide receiver. versus these like like 165, 170 pound defensive backs. That's kind of what Herschel was. He just yeah. showed up. And all of a sudden you have this guy that's like, hold up. He's how big. And he's like, like how, how does this happen? Like, how do you create this football player?
0: He was a football player created in a lab Yeah. by every stretch of the imagination. And quickly, you realize that this kid is special. And mm-hmm. you know, people like Dooley that are just touting him and realizing that they're not dealing with a typical set of circumstances here. And the combination of size and speed was just unmatched. Media members on the SEC teleconference used to talk about their bye week. And they would say, hey, when's your bye week? When's your bye week? because they wanted to drive down to Athens to see Herschel. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's, cool. that's so cool. And we we don't have this appreciation for that now because right. if we want to see a great running back, we turn on the TV, we turn on the internet, we do whatever we can to... Turn to on the internet. Just turn on that old internet machine. <laughs> you just hit the button and you're good to go. Um, not playing on national TV until that South Carolina game, it amplified Herschel. And this, this larger-than-life... Mythological figure that he was becoming, it all was coming to a head for this game on November first. ABC yeah. game, great side by side. You're getting Herschel against against George Rogers, and you know, it's Keith jo-
1: Jackson's on the call, right? Oh yeah,
0: I mean, it, that's, it's, it's that's, legendary. Oh, it's Keith Jackson has some fantastic calls, fantastic yeah. calls. But if you if you watch that game back, Keith Jackson actually resists the urge to say. What they would say now. If Chris Fowler yeah. is calling this game now, he's saying a game that could potentially decide, you know, a national championship and a Heisman trophy or something like right. that. And Keith Jackson avoided that at every possible turn in this game.
1: Because he had class, Connor. I don't mean that. I love Chris Fowler.
0: <laughs> it is interesting to hear that, though, because yeah. if I was watching this game, and I watched this game because I wanted to see the Heisman side-by-side right there. When are, when do you get these opportunities to see these guys go back and forth and right. a game that had a classic billing that lived up to it, which is seems just so rare to look back on?
1: Yeah, it's, this is... I mean, again, the fact that it's in November, and this is... Like, I, I had to... One of the first things I looked up, obviously, was the game, and I have to do a double take every single time I, I hear that, because it's like, it doesn't, it, it looks miserable. It looks hot as blank out there. Like, just absolutely hot. I saw you post the picture, too, of the the jerseys. Oh, yeah, Herschel had his
0: jersey ripped. <laughs> The just tearaway jerseys. Oh, gosh. It was awful. Basically, like, had his whole – the f- whole front number yeah. ripped off. I don't know how that guy ever kept a jersey in one piece for an entire game with the amount of – No, well, t- they usually down. didn't.
1: They they usually, in the 70s especially, they had tearaway jerseys where they would just – they would literally, like, rip off, and that was supposed to be, like, something that was – I think – I know a lot of teams that were in the option had it. You would see these players – like, you look at even Pat Pat Sullivan uh, pictures when he won the Heisman in 71. It's a very similar thing. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was interesting because the fact that – you didn't see you didn't you didn't feel like you got a lot of these moments like where it was not in a bowl game like not not outside of a bowl game where you had this like middle of the year and and i think part of that is the fact that if you have a top 15 matchup in the sec now with two guys in november with two guys that are the, the front of the heisman that's blown up like that gets college game day you're gonna hear about it all week on sports center and it's interesting to see how how just how little maybe not college football was but SEC football was on the scale, on like the grand scale or grand scheme of things. Like, you know what I mean? It was it just, wasn't, it, it wasn't what it is today. The 76 yard touchdown run that Herschel has. We
0: have to talk about this. Three defenders for South Carolina had an angle on them and 99. No, you know what? That's not even enough. I'm going to say 9,999 running backs go out of bounds or they're tackled or they have to cut it back. Herschel is the one out of 10,000 who hit that right sideline and exploded like he was shot out of a cannon. It's I've never seen anything like it. It's still watching it back, you're like this is this isn't human. You you watch so many other plays that happen around that era and it looks relatively I don't want to say pedestrian, but we have advanced in terms of athleticism and stuff like that. Mm. It's not just that he's not necessarily surrounded by better athletes, the level that he hits it at, that he hits the hole at with that 4-3 speed, and that was conservative, as we know. Yeah, It was something that you just had to kind of see to believe, and you couldn't stop. There's a reason that we're still talking about that, and it still makes an impression on us this amount of time later, because human beings aren't supposed to look that superior to one another.
1: (laughs) There were five players that had an angle on him. Five, okay not
0: even three but five
1: all right yes like they had an angle on him and he ran by not just ran by but embarrassed all of them all of them like all all of them had the angle and and you're talking about like guys that like I, I, they're they're nowhere near I don't think anyone got a hand on him
0: you could have balanced an egg on his head yeah it wouldn't have mattered perfect running for him and everybody knows you know he's a world class sprinter as well. And that, that kind of feeds into this, you know, this growing this growing popularity that he has because he's a big man who who ran and did not look like any of the other sprinters around him when he ran on George's track team as well. No. He actually passed a thousand yards on that carry. As you said earlier, if there was ever a Heisman moment, given what we knew about that game, that looked like it was it. Because yeah. it, gave, it gave Georgia this – it was their first touchdown of the day. It gave them that that comfortable lead. It was – it did prove to be the difference in the game. I mean, you take that play away, and all of a sudden, you know, South Carolina was able to come, come back a little bit at the end, but you needed that play. 219 rushing yards that he finished with that day. That is right. ridiculous. With season on the line and knowing who you're going up against, George Rodgers, though – also, was fantastic. I mean, really, really good on this day. Thirty-five carries, one hundred sixty-eight yards. That was his eighteenth consecutive game with hundred rushing yards.
1: Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, it's pretty good. good. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, there's there's nothing else to really say about that. Like, it, it is really good. I, I I tell you one thing. It's also true. And I, I I've had to pull up the run again. I'm sorry. I know I know we're in the middle of recording, but that's I, fine. I mean, that's fine. This I, run's I worth it. Watch it, it again. Um, but, you know, it's also amazing. You forget, like, when you look back at these games, you forget, this, like, the end zone isn't even enclosed in Athens. Mm-mm. And you've been to Athens now, so you get that. But I remember hearing the story, because it used to be a giant hill. My dad got shoved down that hill one time um, from, like, an angry Georgia fan. But I remember him telling me, he was like, yeah, it's the end zone the Herschel built. And I was That's... like, oh, okay. And it it a 1,000% is. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, and you know, what's funny, too, is you go through these, you go through these, like, these players are showing first off there's an mg i don't even know what that what that what that is Middle That's a position middle yeah, yeah i guess sure um but you and you look at these uh it's on off it's on defense. I uh, things uh, anyway but um when, when you watch this play it, it's it's amazing when they show like the you know, here's all the former players or like here's the defense stuff going on that day and you look at it and you're like oh my god that guy that guy that none of these guys have a chance to stop him, it, it, it honestly, I I question how he doesn't have a, a touchdown like this on every other drive.
0: I don't because watching this back reminded me how much being a running back looked like it sucked. Because oh, back then, yeah, nine men boxes every time, every single time. These teams did not even care to throw no. the ball. And the Buck Ballou stat about him having 77 completions that year. South Carolina is even worse. In this game, South Carolina didn't complete a pass until the third quarter. <laughs> and and all and the, i can't remember who was on the color commentary with Keith Jackson but he, he hit the nerve to say that's going to help out George Rogers. Yeah, man. I'm sure I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure like stretching the field and throwing the ball once every, you know, like like 35 minutes of real time Crazy might help your running back. Just maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, Nelly. But you needed to see that that run because that was what separated herschel the majority of the rest of the game he had moments where yeah he looked really really good but he did not look a whole lot different than george rogers in this game because of the way that they ran and what they were up against as well let's bring some context into the george rogers discussion because we have talked yeah. a lot of herschel we're going to still talk more herschel of course george rogers heading into this day had over forty-three hundred career rushing yards that's Noteworthy. Noteworthy. In the eyes of public opinion. He had 212 more rushing yards entering this day than Herschel did. As you know, grew up in the state of Georgia. um, First in Atlanta. Went to Duluth later on. Was told as a high school freshman that he'd never make it. Went to South Carolina and basically did so much to the chagrin of his family and did so because he wanted to play as a true freshman. Bo Jackson yeah. later went on to say that's the reason he went to Auburn instead of Alabama. Didn't mm-hmm. mean to rub salt in the wound there.
1: Yeah, because that idiot, re- the recruiter would say, Auburn hasn't beaten us in nine years, and they'll never beat us again. Yep. And if you play, you won't play until you're a junior. Great sure, pitch. Dude. Good sure. pitch.
0: I-, I hear 17-year-old kids love hearing that. That's great.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kept thinking, though, that if I was George Rogers with this team that just refused to throw, refused Mm -hmm. to throw, I would have been so frustrated at so many different points. I mean, he had, though, the the type of career that you are going to need to have as a senior running back to win the Heisman. Had yeah. freshman year where as promised he got to play sophomore year goes transitions from fullback to tailback full time has his 1000-yard season junior year he's an all-American and coming back for his senior year as as we know this is so important in this day and age those preseason magazines how we talk about you he finished 7th in the Heisman voting in 1979 there was only one other non-senior who finished ahead of him in the Heisman voting arch Lichter. Kind of problematic later on with all the gambling stuff. Ohio State quarterback, not great. Oh, I don't remember this, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but, anyways, that's my long winded way of saying this guy who was being compared to Earl Campbell was no slouch by any means. And I don't want Georgia fans to hear this and say, well, oh, are you saying he was exactly Herschel Walker? No, but the dude ran no. a 4 5 at that yeah. size and was. And he was big too. He was every bit as big, if not bigger, than Herschel. Weight-wise, he wasn't the same height. He was six-two. What? Yeah.
1: Okay, I didn't know big that. Dude,
0: a big, big dude. You I know, mean, what's
1: surprising too when you look at the George Rogers thing. Is that like, you talk about the the career arc that like that his his time in, in Columbia took? Never had double-digit touchdowns until his senior season. Also, like, how dumb were these offensive coordinators that oh. were like? You, you don't want to get one of these dudes out in space? You don't want to just put them on the on the outside and just throw a go-route to one of these dudes? Like, what are you doing?
0: They finally started throwing the ball to Herschel in 81 against Florida. Yeah. Because they were, they like they just couldn't quite get anything going, and they finally started throwing to him, and they're like, oh, hey, this is actually a pretty good strategy, too. It works. Who knew that Herschel Walker could catch passes?
1: What a concept. It's, it's mind-blowing to me. And in, in, in most of these guys, too, I feel like, like y- y- they would be the same office of coordinators for years. Like it's like, oh yeah, he's been he's been the OC down there in in, uh, in Starkville since 1952, and this he knows the business. Okay. We, we,
0: let's just say we did not put the same uh, Kyle Shanahan-like effort into coming up with new don't, offensive why looks. You
1: bring that, I don't know why you'd bring that name up today. Oh, it's I didn't mean it's Okay, I'm sorry. You're unreal. I'm sorry. You have a birthday, I and all of a sudden you
0: changed. you, you changed know, now that you're 30. I am. I'm an old man. I'm a bitter old man <laughs> who just likes rubbing salt in the wound all the time. Also need to remember that South Carolina got on national TV for the first time because of, because of George Rogers. It was yeah. the year before. And I think it was the Clemson game, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. Um, eh, might have been Clemson or USC. I could be wrong they, on that. They were USC. Southern Cal. My bad. Oh. My bad. I think they played them. The worst take that you can have about this debate, I think it's pretty obvious. You can't give the Heisman Trophy to a freshman. Okay. I was worried about where
1: you are going to go with that. No,
0: no, 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 yeah. That That... R- The fact that people would actually say, you know what? I don't care if he's the best player in college football. This kid has earned it over the course of his career. I'm glad that we finally got to the point where we realized that the Heisman is not a career achievement award. It is an individual yearly award. And we completely take the integrity out of it when we decide that we're going to make it a career accomplishment. If we're going to do that, then let's just not have any sort of freshman or sophomores eligible, because right. what's the point? They're never going to have the career did. That's yeah. kind of what they did, but it's a bad take, and I don't think that there are many people who have this
1: take. No, but at the time, they did, which is a good point.
0: And at the time, they, they definitely did, and and as, as we mentioned earlier, the not being able to have freshmen play on, on a varsity team until 1972 unless there was a world war going on. Right. So it,
1: it certainly contributed to that. I get that.
0: All right, I he's got to earn,
1: earn his stripes here. We're not We're not in a war. He's not playing, sir. Also, again, let me just – let me harp back on something that's not important at all, but it's something that I can't get over. George Rogers, his senior season when he won the Heisman, 1781 rushing yards on 297 attempts. So six yards a carry. That's impressive. Herschel had 5.9, Rogers had six. Right. Um, total yards from scrimmage. Remember, 297. He had 1781 on 297. Okay. Total yards from scrimmage. 1804 on 304 plays. Dude, put him back at kick returner. Put them both back. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) <laughs> I, I just, it's unbelievable to me. Like, uh, whatever, whatever. Oh, is going to get hurt. Yeah, he'll pop his own arm back in place, and then he'll go run over everybody again. Seriously, and... Actually happened. <laughs> Georgia, yeah, I mean, that literally
0: happened. And it wasn't like Georgia all of a sudden said, you know what, we can't we can't use you as much as possible. Right. They, they eventually did, and the workload that he got as a sophomore and junior was ridiculous i mean the yeah. fact that there it were actually human beings who criticized him for leaving school early and doing so with that payday knowing that he got 994 career carries in three years like Dude, criticizing got, that kid oh
1: 385 nope. 385 his his uh junior or his sophomore year in 1981 385 carries
0: you know what's amazing marcus allen in 1981, Marcus Allen won the Heisman. Herschel's sophomore yeah. year, 424 carries at That's Southern so stupid. Cal.
1: 424 carries. What were we doing? They don't make them like they
0: used to, brother. I I don't know. Uh, Herschel, Herschel's <laughs> don't know longevity. Herschel's longevity is still something that that amazes me. That he was able to play longer in the NFL than than people realize, given yeah. all of the beating that he had to take with all those loaded boxes at Georgia. Yep. Thing that I didn't know slash forgot about until researching this, the point that I brought up earlier, George Rogers being every bit as big as Herschel. Yeah. I did not, when I think back on him, I don't think of anybody on that level as a as a running back in terms of the size. Whoa. Even Bo, like, Bo was that guy, but still, this is, this is 1980, so this is still before... This is still what five years before before Bo really, really got going. and was considered like this kind of what? a what?
1: No, Bo as a freshman won the game against Alabama. Was Bo he? was it? Was a was
0: he a freshman in '83?
1: So the thing the thing that people forget about this is yeah, he was a freshman '82. 82. Oh '82, 82, um, that's right. There th- was one. The year The thing that people forget that. about this is is you have this this little mini window of 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 things we had never seen before mm-hmm. from especially from this position, but then. Things that almost not become commonplace, but but strangely common, as opposed to what they like what we like we'd seen in football for decades and decades before, honestly, century like a century before. Yeah. And you never you never saw a player this big. Then Bo comes along, and I don't know his exact measurables, but he, he was I'm pretty sure this like over six feet tall. I think he was like six one uh, or six feet even. And but I know he weighed at least two twenty two thirty, yep. and and ran by everybody. The other thing on this is Marcus Dupree, and no one ever talks about Marcus Dupree. There was there was the um, there was the what do you call it the thirty 30, for 30, for thirty on him, and I I still have the book. It was one of my, it's one of my favorite reads. It's called The Courting of Marcus Dupree, and they talk about him in this book. Obviously, uh, it was just written about him, but in the book they bring up the fact that he was he was like the number one recruit out of Philadelphia, Mississippi, like in the entire country. He was 6'3", 222. So you have this very small time where you have people that are the same size as him and doing the same. He was they they said he ran a 4-2-2 which I'm sure is kind of a little bit embellished. Um but yeah, it's just it's a, it's a, it's a surprising time where you you never have anything like this beforehand and then all of a sudden you have uh, you have it in bunches. Could that be a reason why
0: I I think that there are a lot of casual college football fans who mm-hmm. probably would agree with that as, as well, that they don't remember George Rogers being that physical guy because he doesn't yeah. get talked about in the same way that Herschel or Bo or Dupree did. And understandably so. I mean, what those guys did in college, it's cemented to them. But I mean, George Rogers won a Heisman trophy. And even yeah. if he even if you don't think he was worthy of winning a Heisman trophy, he was still at least, you know, second in the Heisman Trophy right. by that standard. I I had just sort of kind of like assumed that any sort of side by side comparison was going to be this obvious slam dunk thing where I was going to watch it back and I was going to say, how in the world can a human being watch this and say that this player is better than Herschel? And I didn't quite have that until the 76 yard run. More, More on that later. I also forgot how good George Rogers was in the NFL. First overall pick in 1981. Rookie of the year that year. Led the NFL in rushing, too, as a rookie. Yeah. Three-time Pro Bowler. He won Super Bowl twenty-two with the Redskins. That actually ended up being his last NFL game, too. So, um, somebody that wasn't just this guy who had this one good season, had this one, no. you know, this good college career, was not that by any stretch of the imagination had more success in the NFL than I
1: definitely remembered. He had he had more yards rushing his junior and senior season than Herschel did his freshman season.
0: Gosh, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. I and mean, cuz his junior year was was the cemented as as a first team all-American, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. And but if you do it in South Carolina, you're noticed maybe in a little bit of a different. You're, you're thought of it in a different way, I think, just when you don't have the team success to go with it. Dude, is that South fair Carolina's to say? had
1: ten total. They've had five total ten-win seasons in their entire program history today, and you know three of those came under Steve Spurrier. So yeah, people weren't taking South. I mean, the fact they were six and one. This is a great rivalry because they're so close and they're they're basically their next door neighbors, and all that kind of stuff. They didn't have the same notoriety, and, and and one thing, and this is this is hard for a lot of SEC fans to grasp, is the fact that we talk about Herschel and Bo, and we know unequivocally those two are the best running backs in the history of college football. But just like you said, you forget about guys like you I mean, you forget that that George Rogers won a Heisman before Herschel and Bo won a Heisman. Mm-hmm. You, you forget things like Bo Bo winning the Heisman that season was one of the most one of the closest races we've we've seen in in like the modern era. For for Heisman Trophy races, which seems crazy, and and we know they're the top two running backs in the history of the game, it's in, in college football. But like, you forget little things like this. You, for, you like people don't talk about Earl Campbell in this region. You know what I mean? People don't talk about Tony Dorsett in this region, and those are got Archie Griffin as much. And like we know Archie Griffin because he won two Heisman's, but like you don't hear those names brought up anywhere close to it, the same breath as you hear Herschel and Bo, which is I think partially fair. because of how talented these two were Um, but you also it's partially the detriment of why when stuff like this happens you're so flabbergasted of like well how could they not have won like well it's pretty pretty obvious when you point out some of the reasons
0: NFL.com voted George Rogers beating Herschel as the single greatest Heisman snub ever now (laughs) looking back on it and we won't I don't want to dig into this quite yet I disagreed with I disagree with that notion looking back and understanding what Rogers was able to do that Manti year. Manti-Tayo. <laughs> he didn't win. He didn't win. I know I'm saying it was a snub, bro. <laughs> you sound just like his girlfriend.
1: Um, <laughs> um no? No, okay. I, that's a that's a good point though.
0: One other thing that needs to be brought up here as well, and I think is is important to include and should have added to George Rogers' oh. legacy. No black player from the South had ever won the Heisman before 1980. Now, that does not include guys from Oklahoma or guys from USC. Right. There was well, still the racial yeah. hurdle that we're, that we're working with as well. I mean, this isn't something that... Oh, yeah. This was still very much a big part of you know, how players are, are perceived and all that too. And it just kind of felt like the more you read about somebody like George Rogers, he couldn't have a misstep. If he had had one single misstep, it would have 100% cost him the Heisman. But every chance that guy got, he improved. He understood the playbook. He said all of the right things. Somebody who struggled academically early in his college career figured it out. And you know, academic advisors at South Carolina spoke highly of him as well. But if he had had one misstep, that's kind of what he's working up against here. And I think that that needs to be brought into... How, you know, how we talk about him and why, you know, maybe he doesn't get his, enough love in terms of, you know, historical perspective.
1: I, and I tell you what, it's something that we should have brought up earlier. You're right. And I, I am almost like shocked that we we didn't, um, because for me, it's something it's like it's so stupid. <laughs> it's just it's so incredibly dumb that this would ever factor in to who the best player in the country was that it's it's not worth almost like it's, it's not worth making an argument for but this was very much so a, a, an issue at the time and when you i mean you say it here no black player from the south had we'll say the southeast or sec country but the south like what people consider the south uh had ever won a heisman for 1980 that is outrageous i mean that is outrageous and you think about like it's again it took until the 70s for the sec to even become integrated for the most part like like league-wide yeah it, it was definitely uh, it took until the 70s for this to happen so you're talking about within the last decade i mean you think about how far we've come in terms of it took till 2007 for a sophomore to win. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is something that is obviously way more divisive and, and dividing than you would ever have. Like for like just being a, your, your class academically. But the fact that all of it, it really is frustrating to think of all of the great athletes that were, we overlooked at the time simply because of race. It's mind blowing. OJ Simpson, when did he win? 66, 67? I think 67, yes. 67. But you had this mindset where, and it wasn't, I don't even think it was something as much with the, the national voters, right? I, I wouldn't say that the national voters or the national media or any of that is what was limiting these types of players from the South in, ter- in, in being a prominent national figure or being a, a, an All-American. Archie Griffin won two of them the issue is these players weren't given the same fair chances as those players were because of where they went to school mm-hmm. and and the way the south was in general like that that and that right there is that's so dis, disheartening man
0: thought that was a noteworthy um, nugget that's to good point. to put in here okay i know where you stand on this
1: <laughs> yeah, i know where close. you
0: stand <laughs> a- but i want to i want to hear the case definitively as to what's what's the main piece of data or, you know, things, things that you've seen, things that you've watched, that okay. makes you say, without a doubt, Herschel Walker, Heisman Trophy, 1980, not even close.
1: George Rogers had better stats than Herschel Walker the year he won the Heisman. Okay? Right? What you said was, the definitive case, what you see, what you... it The award is given out to the most outstanding player in college football. The most outstanding player in college football and I would argue the most outstanding player in the history of college football is Herschel Walker. He is the best running back to ever play this game. He is the best college player I, I have ever seen tape of because I wasn't alive when he played. What he did with that team is mind-blowing. It's, it's mind-blowing. And when you pop on the tape and you watch this game, I, George Rogers had 35 carries for 162 yards. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. No one in the country was doing things like he was doing outrunning the entire defense and that run alone if Bill ba- if him running over Bill Bates didn't do it if the two long ass touchdown runs against AM didn't do it if anything else he did in in the first 7 games or they were 7-0 seven, seven and I'm oh, and on, on, like knocking on the door of a national championship this is before the the Florida game right
0: this is the week before the Florida game the
1: week oh man man um what he was able to do Outside, outside of that, listen. I don't know everything about Georgia football from 1980, but I, I can I can surmise the fact that outside of Lindsey Scott catching that miracle touchdown pass, Herschel Walker was the offense. Herschel Walker was the reason they were undefeated. Is that fair to say?
0: That is 100 fair to say. He was 100%. the best
1: player on the best team in the country. I don't think that should necessarily count in it or count for the Heisman Trophy. But this season, he was the best player in the country as a true freshman, and he should have won the Heisman.
0: You know what I was wondering about with the Lindsey Scott play? We've heard the Tony Barnhart story about that as well. Love so that good. story. Go back and so listen to good. that interview. Fantastic. That play, which happened a week after the South Carolina game, Herschel had this performance that day: thirty-seven carries, two hundred thirty-eight yards. No big deal. <laughs> just going to get eighty carries in a in a in an eight-day stretch. Right. Essentially, that's what that's what that was. What he did that day, to me, is a, I'm going to put the team on my back type of performance. Yeah. But Georgia being in that position late, where they still needed the Lindsey Scott miracle. Let's talk about weird position abbreviations. I still can't get used to SE, split end.
1: Still not a problem. Oh, that. You know, yeah, that's, that, yeah. That was like, that was I late, still have. I know. That was No, they still had it in like the 90s.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I know they still went yeah. with that way too long. But for me, I'm like, no, no, no. Don't, come on. Don't call them that. Um. Maybe there's this, a little bit of this belief of, look, Herschel actually wasn't this, put the team on the back guy. And so, in terms of voters, and I'm trying to understand why voters voted the way that they did. I don't agree with it, but I'm yeah. saying I think that that's, that, yeah, could I understand have, the argument. that could have factored into it. My entire time when I'm doing this, I'm trying to understand the argument. I don't think that voters legitimately broke this down to try and find who were the top 30 defenses that... George Rogers ran against. There were three of them. How many top twenty defenses did he run against? Three. How many top twenty defenses did Herschel go against? Zero. I don't think any voter actually looked at that to make this decision. But it's oh, and a, I'm
1: I'm dismissing it too, Connor. I'm I, I'm dismissing it too. And you're this is amazing that you're bringing it up, and I I want to give you credit for it because, but I think you're right. And and I when I saw this, I I kind of like like kind of laughed because I was like, Heisman voters back then didn't give a Blank about that? They didn't. No, they did. Like it, it, none of this mattered. It was like, did he play at Navy? No. Did he play at Army? No. <laughs> did he play at Notre Dame? No. All right. Well, who the hell are we gonna pick? I don't know. Son. They got a, a great running back and split end out there from Oklahoma. Like it, this, it didn't matter. It didn't ma- like none of that mattered.
0: What I come back to though, and what swayed this for me, oh my God, you're not gonna do this. No, I'm not. Okay, okay. <laughs> Herschel deserved to win the Heisman. Herschel deserved to win it. Okay. What I come back to is what Herschel did against top 25 teams when a Georgia team that is trying to win its second national championship in school history has everything on the line, and it's November. And they finally, for the first time, by the way, against a ranked opponent was that South Carolina game. Their only two ranked opponents that they faced in the regular season were South Carolina and Florida. When everything is on the line and Herschel's like, yeah, 80 carries – 456 yards right 457 yards just put this all on me i will do whatever i possibly can to lead this team to a victory and that's what he did i look at herschel side by side with george rogers and i say well what could herschel not do that george Rogers could do the other side of that coin what could Herschel do that George Rogers could not do is run 76 yards down the sideline like he did that day. That'll, yes. That play alone, if you're looking Heisman. for a difference, that's it. That's the Heisman yeah. moment. That's, that's the moment where you say, you know what, this guy's just too good. He's the best player on the planet, and we are going to honor him as such. Because I know the numbers, and I know that George Rogers has the slight advantage, and that, that still surprises me to look back is it enough of an advantage for me to say definitively, you know what, you just have to give him the award? Six yards a carry compared to 5, .9 right. yards a carry. One touchdown separated them on the ground. I mean, it was less than 200 total rushing yards. If we want to just go by rushing yards, let's just make the award. Let's just make make the Heisman. Making the Duke Walker. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's have the Heisman invitee list be whoever leads the country in rushing yards, passing yards, receiving yards, and let's just send those kids to New York and out have any other context that goes with it.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Herschel did things that we've never seen before. We had never seen before. And the reason this frustrates so many people, Georgia fans know, and they've been waiting for me to say this, is because the reasoning and the lack of ability to pivot off of George Rogers, who was considered the Heisman favorite yeah. coming into this year is what frustrates them. It's this inability to say, look, you have the data right here. You're, watch- you're finally watching this happen on national TV, and you're still not willing to say, you know what, George Rogers, we can't give you the Heisman because you've been building up to this moment. We have three years of our confirmation bias to be right. able to say, you-, you are our guy. And that was what won out w- for some voters. Like, hey, Herschel, just like the valet guy. We're going to hit you back later. And that seems right. and wrong. And they did. And it seems <laughs> wrong. And they did hit him back, which is good, yeah. but it doesn't make 1980 totally excusable.
1: No, it, 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 it's odd to, and I think that's one thing that's like so great about doing these debates on South is, like, again, this wasn't a debate. <laughs> like, this isn't, like, when you brought it up. Like, But at the same time, it's so cool to go back and look at some of these things. Because I, I, I tell you what, honestly, and I've, I've thought this for a long time, because... This is something – like I said, this is one of the first things I was taught about with SEC football when I was – it's not non-Bama-related from, like, my Homer-Bama family. Th- this was one of the first things I learned about. And, and what's the biggest travesty out of all this, and this is going to sound weird, I know that Herschel didn't get the, the Heisman that year, and he should have won. I think we – but we obviously both agree on that. You brought up the, the top 30 defenses, the top 20 defenses he played. You brought up – against USC. So, like, this is what we have in the notes here from Connor – USC, Michigan, Georgia. Those are ranked 12, 6, and 9. Nice. Respectively. Nice, nice. On, on their On their uh, top 30 defenses. He had 141 yards against USC. He had 142 against Michigan. and for, Against Georgia, he had 35 carries for 168 yards. So he averaged 150 yards rushing in those games against top 12 defenses. Okay? All three of them ranked in the top 12. The bigger travesty out of all this, because both of them got a Heisman, both of them had great careers, both of them are, are SEC legends. But George Rogers... Has taken so much more heat and 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 has been dis, discounted and almost discredited with his his career, which is pretty effing illustrious, guys. That's really I mean, good. It, it's an incredible career, and it's been discounted and looked over so many times, strictly because people think that Herschel should have won the Heisman this year. and And that that part is really frustrating to me, because. I I didn't know until he was, until I was like in high school and I started like actually looking up numbers and, and, you know, doing this crazy thing where instead of just making a blanket statement, you look stuff up. Isn't that weird? How you, when you, you learn stuff. You learn stuff that way. But like looking at this and the thing about like, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, like I didn't know he went to Tequila. I didn't know that he, you know, was like in the same region I went to high school in. And and, and you, all of a sudden you start like looking at his numbers like, oh my God, he was the number one overall pick. He had over 1,800 yards of, of from scrimmage. He, I mean, like he had, he had, like his, his. I don't think he ever had a season where he had as many carries as as uh, Herschel did. His as as a sophomore and junior. Like I mean, he, the workload wasn't the same. He, he was, and, and and then you look at the fact that he was playing these big marquee games. It's frustrating to look back at a team, and especially a program like South Carolina, that I think already has a chip on their shoulder for feeling discounted and, and, and looked over, especially in regards of being in Georgia's shadow. It sucks that George Rogers isn't, isn't recognized for being the great SEC and college football player that he was. And it sucks that he's kind of recognized because he's the guy that should have lost the Heisman to Herschel Walker. Exactly. Exactly. Very, very well said. And I know. I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and and I know that so many so many people are gonna say, "Well, how can you guys not bring up the fact that Georgia won a national championship? Georgia won we that did. game." did. I'm not as big on just breaking down the, yeah. the team success stuff. I it's it's 100% part of it. It can't be the only thing. It can't be the the end all be all. Just because then let's as I said before. Let's just make the Heisman Trophy, invite, the yeah. go to the best player on the best team in the country. That's not the way that it always works. You need other things to be able to support that. And to me, I mean, averaging 229 rushing yards against the only two ranked yeah. opponents you're going to see to keep your undefeated season alive is a pretty good thing on top of the fact that you're doing things that physically we right. have never, ever seen
1: before. You know, what's so interesting about this, too, if you really think about it, is the fact that it's, it's crazy to think that this this championship this this was giving this was given to rogers for what a lot of people would consider including me the wrong reason cuz he was older right this is like a kind of a career award but in the same sense it was given to him for more and better reasons than some of the people that have won titles today mm. like again um, not titles but the trophy today again Troy Smith i have to go back to Troy Smith and him being at Ohio State and being in a National Blue Blood, it's it's cool to see the fact that a, a running back from South Carolina who had never been on national television until he got there was the guy that won the Heisman instead of, hey, who's the team that won the national championship? Who's the team that had the, the, the best run? Who was undefeated? Like, like who's the best player on the best team? It, it is somewhat refreshing that, that that happened. And it's also weird to think that they have transitioned into the latter. Yes. Now it is. It is.
0: Had, had we been able to – had Heisman voters been able to decide this after the bowl game, Herschel wins. Herschel wins. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not close. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not just because, you know, South Carolina got blown out by Pitt, but because, yeah, when the dude dislocates his shoulder on the second play from scrimmage and then still leads his team to a Sugar Bowl victory, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's noteworthy. Herschel, by the way, said uh, – I was watching like a – I think it was the Saturdays in the South, um, mm-hmm. a clip from that where he said – um they, they had asked him, I think one of the producers had asked him, like, how'd you deal with playing through all that pain or something like that? And he said, you know, I didn't go there to be injured, I went there to, to play. When yeah. he's like, he's like, You can't let the little things get you down, or you can't let the little things take away from that. And I'm thinking to myself, if You're i talking ever talking right now? No.
1: <laughs> it's about Twitter.
0: <laughs> like if I ever dislocated
1: my shoulder and called that a little thing. Right.
0: <laughs> like who is this human being?
1: You know, yeah, for real. It, it, it's it's always awkward to me because like, people get so uncomfortable when you talk about like like things. That, okay, it's like things that would be brought up in therapy or like things that have like messed you up. And when Herschel talks about it, like I didn't know until recently it was like, oh yeah, I was good at stuff because people called me fat. I'm like, wait, what? That's why? <laughs> that, that's what sparked everything? You were racing trains and doing push-ups and stuff? Like, what are you talking about right now? So, th- I, I the other thing I wanted to say real quick before we sign off on this is. You brought up the Saturdays in the South thing. I was watching the College Football 150 thing yesterday, and one thing that I think that we that that is a travesty with all this, the George Rogers thing that we don't give him a a big enough salute on, is the fact that you brought up being the first African American to win the Heisman from the South, right? Like the Deep South is, is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. But there there was it was, God, what is his name? It's Charles something. He was he's he's on NFL Network now, but he brought up a really good point, and he was talking about like how. African Americans' role. Talk about Charles football. Davis. Charles Davis, yes. You know he used to be on the Jefferson Pilot Games.
0: Did not know that.
1: Yeah. So, um, so he he was. They they brought up the fact that you know he, um, like they're they're talking about Sylvester Croom. They're talking about like you know African American coaches and and like the, on the landscape of college football and how um, it, it's the same for players, but and, and especially at quarterback. But when you have a a player like this, and you had a player, especially at this time. It wasn't just the breakthrough of these players. It was usually you've got one shot, and if you don't, if you don't succeed, mm-hmm. you weren't getting another shot. And so, there's a lot of arguments who made the fact that George Rogers kind of paved the way for a lot of of players in the Southeast and especially in this conference because of how how big of a, like a landmark win that was, like for all the reasons we we just stated. I mean, it, you talk about it had never happened, and then not only does he not this had never happened where you have a a black player win the the heisman trophy from this region and then it happens three times in the next six years and then those three players also become the number one overall draft pick in their selective leagues since obviously herschel went to the usfl is it trump (laughs) people forget usfl (laughs) did not go well with with trump um
0: The weird thing too is if this is if we just take this conversation and transport it into 2020, the things that helped George Rogers hurt him. And the things that yeah. hurt Herschel <laughs> help him. Because yeah. newer is always more exciting. Right. And That's Herschel would have followed the Heisman narrative and all those things. It's amazing that 40 years after this happened, We still don't have a true freshman Heisman winner now. We've had redshirt freshman Heisman winners with Johnny Manziel and with Jameis Winston, but we're still waiting on that first true freshman. My question to you, Chris Marler, that we're going to have to circle back on it. Brass Young! Who will be? No, not who will be. Will there be a true freshman Heisman Trophy winner in the 2020s?
1: Yes. Yes. It'll happen. I mean... You could have made a case well, no, you couldn't have. It'll it'll happen because at some point you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a player at a a freshman come in, and I'm not saying this just for Georgia fans, but like you're gonna have a guy come in like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, and they're gonna be given that shot to be the freshman court like starting quarterback, and they're gonna put up incredible numbers in a conference that is widely recognized as, you know, one of the best and and, and be on teams that will go to the national championship. Um can we can we give one more shout out? First off, happy birthday, Blake. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I want to give a shout-out to, I believe it was Brian Moore. The quarterback from Tennessee? Brian Brian Maurer. Brian Maurer. And this is not because of what's happening on Twitter today. I I had this I had this planned earlier today. Gotcha. Um, Brian Maurer's tweet was incredibly brave and incredibly awesome. That what he was saying for May being Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, we've talked. About this, I've talked to this with some of our audience uh, off, uh, not camera, but you know what I'm trying to say, off air, and and some people that have like struggled with that kind of same stuff. And I thought it was really amazing to see what he posted. Uh, I think it was an IG post. It wasn't Twitter, but like what he posted into the the depth of what he posted and the specifics um, talks about the say, I,
0: the plan to take his own life in January. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. And and I just. I thought that was an incredibly brave thing to do from a, a player standpoint that is under so much scrutiny. Into and, mm-hmm. and especially this sounds dumb because I know it's not even close to being what he was thinking of. But like, when you're at that position where you're also still competing for a job and and like t- like still trying to compete to be the starter at your own school, I thought it was incredibly brave for somebody to, to say what he said on the platform that he has. So also the other thing is it is May Mental Health Awareness Month. It's not only our birthday month. Um, but, if you ever need anyone you need to talk to and reach out to, make sure you can do that. Get some help, reach out to us, reach out to me, whatever. Uh, I hope all of you are staying safe this uh, this month and always. Quarantine's almost over, baby. Is it? I hope so. Please, God. please, 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 please. Like, Georgia is like, we're not playing around. Like People are just doing stuff now. That liquor store line, it's my favorite thing. Whew.
0: We are TBD on Casual Friday. We might have something very <laughs> special in the works. Although, I think your idea would work better for a video than it would for a podcast. I don't want that
1: videoed at all. The, 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 the idea that Connor's talking about is, I threw out the idea of of us talking to Jordan Rogers, but as I'm doing the Peloton. Because apparently he's like really good at Peloton.
0: I'm not so much worried about whether or not you are able to survive it. You will. Yeah, I know you're not. <laughs> I'm not that's you're, you're a Peloton vet at this point. If you can play poker while you're on the Peloton, you've got a thing yeah. or two figured out. I am more worried about the heavy breathing that would ensue from both parties while trying to conduct it. an interview.
1: Well, I think a lot of people would argue that would, I'm going to have that either way, so we'll figure it out. But yeah, we'll get, we'll see you guys for Casual Friday. It'll be good.
0: It'll be great. It'll be wonderful. And still TBD on our it just meant more. So yes, what do we need to remember? Uh, who is who's a great character from 1980? Larry Munson. What do we need to remember?
1: I might need too much. That's not a good one. I can't do Munson. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Fuck you. Guys soon. <laughs>